Hello and welcome to the One Football Podcast. What's the stupidest thing you've ever done? Um, there was one time when a man approached me in Manchester and told me that his car had broken down and he needed £20 to go and get some petrol. And if I could give him the £20 and I'd just wait here, he'd just come back straight back and give me the £20 back. Oh, oh no. So I was like, yeah, cool, there you go. I'll, I'll just be waiting here for you. And I could still be waiting there now and I don't think he'd come back. You didn't really do that? I did, yeah. Oh, and I was younger and a little bit more naive. Only a little bit more, though. Well, that's yeah. impressive. So if you're listening, man, um, I want that £20 back and I'm going to be charging interest on it as well. It's about 10 years ago, so you know it's probably worth quite a lot of money. Now. Did you really do that? That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I once threw frozen chickens at a wooden door to try separate them. <laughs> <laughs> Literally threw like a big, that's like throwing a solid rock of frozen chicken at a door. I said, I, I just wanted two of them or something to defrost. And what was the outcome of it? There was a massive big hole oh, in great. the drawer. <laughs> But did it separate the chickens? Eventually? Didn't separate the chickens. They were, they were, they were all good. I was really shitted that my parents would come home and be like, "What the fuck did you just do, yeah, you knob?" Yeah. But they laughed about it. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. Anybody else got any stupid things they want to share? Not that good. <laughs> but that was, yeah, yeah. That's great. Twenty mm. quid. It's my. Uh, he took advantage of my good nature. Yeah. He's not the first person to do that, and he probably won't be the last. Maybe he changed. Anyway, joining me, Eva Court, on today's One Football Podcast is Dan Burke. Hello. The giver of £20 <laughs> to you needed. Helga Foldman. Hello. And Roman Velter. Hi. Uh, the usual email if you want to get in touch is podcast at onefootball.com. Oh, we should let you know it's actually working now. Um, it had there been some sort of technical mishap which I don't understand but it is actually working so if you email podcast at moonfootball.com we will get your questions we promise uh, you can also get onto iTunes give the pod a rating and leave a comment to let us know how you think we're doing now I have a new favourite World Cup moment do you want my I think old I know what you're going to say yeah well maybe not it used to be Diana Ross's penalty <laughs> at 1994 <laughs> that was I mean she could show Cristiano Ronaldo a thing or two about it. Um, but now it's that Leo Messi goal against Nigeria. Oh. What did you think I was going to go I with? thought you were going to say, Mitchie Bachi, why are you blasting the ball into his own face? Oh, that was. Because that's mine. <laughs> yeah, best, best goal of the time. Yeah, yeah. I have to say, I am a huge fan of Bachi. Everything he does, I think he's brilliant. I don't know if he listens to the podcast. He probably doesn't. But if he does... No, I'm going to go with that Leo Messi goal. Am I going over the top by suggesting it's the best moment in the history of the tournament? Mm, I think a little bit, yeah. Okay. <laughs> of the last week? Possibly, yeah. Possibly, okay. But the Bachwayi thing was your favourite thing of the last I week? I would say so, yeah, yeah. There was another one, but I've forgotten what it was now. Let's go around the room and I'll try and yeah, see if I can remember We'll come back it. to yeah, you, yeah. Roman. For me, it was the Mexican fans who went to the embassy of South Korea. And they took an employee and they put him in the in the air like this. It's just amazing to see this thanks to the World Cup. Was it the Mexico fans who brought a cardboard cutout of their friend who wasn't allowed to go to the World yeah, Cup? Yeah, yeah, the guy who was uh, his wife wouldn't let him go. Poor chap. Did you hear those Colombian fans, by the way, who had the, there was that viral video of them with the um, alcohol inside the yeah. uh, mm -hmm. binoculars? One yeah. of those guys got fired. Yeah, as a result of that. He, from he worked for like an airline in Colombia or something. He was working for the state airline Avianca and yeah. they saw the footage and they were like, this guy should not represent us in public. And they, they he was a pilot there. And he not got really? Yeah. What? 
uh, your favorite moment? Um, now that he's fine again, I would say Maradona. That was that was quite entertaining. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wasn't it just a lot of rumors that it's all for a documentary? Apparently so. Yeah, yeah. Um, about him and how he's getting on these days. Mm. Uh, Helga, I'm guessing Germany's exit though. That wasn't one of your favorite moments. Or maybe not necessarily, but not that hurt either. Because <laughs> we talked about it before. Like I don't know, I'm not that connected to that team cause just because none of my club players are playing there, and and I don't know, like the emotional connection because of the qualification is not there. Because like there's no real opponent in qualification, then it just starts mm-hmm. kind of like being a Bayern fan to me. Kind of like there's you know only three, four good games every year, and then that's it. But is that's interesting. Is that a thing that's quite spread across Germany? Because I know in England there's definitely that disconnect between the fans or a certain a certain fans between them and the national team. But in Germany, I just always assumed that the that everybody was behind them. But maybe I'm wrong. Uh, I think it's it's just a matter of of, of the person itself. It's not like a, like a, there's a big division between mm-hmm. it. But I don't know. Like I just personally don't. Like in the office, we have loads of people who don't really care. There's yeah. Lewis who does, but yeah, there's not not. I don't know. Like for me, there's there isn't that much of a connection there. Okay. Well, I want to know what went so wrong. All of it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, and I think there was just from the start there was there was a lot of things not going Germany's way. It was the attitude of the players, for example, like Hummels has been saying that there has not been a good game since fall 2017. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and it's just that they they kind of went into this. We're gonna win the group stage either way. We're gonna focus on the games after. Löw has told Royce that he's gonna play him in the important games and not in the first one. Like he literally said that, which is amazing that you just have this attitude towards the players as well. Mm-hmm. To me, they were kind of just not thinking about that they could drop out in the group stage, which is amazing because all the other. Recent champions have dropped out, like, like um, mm-hmm. Spain or France. Uh, France, yes. <clears throat> um, in general, like we uh, we have this weekly um, article we do with a coach, and he was saying that um, the which coach was this? Andre Schubert from oh, yeah. Gladbach. Before um, mm-hmm. he was saying that he thinks they were in physically in a bad state that they weren't able hmm. to actually have, or like they didn't have the fitness to to actually do what they wanted to do. Uh, which might be the case, uh, maybe maybe both. There was this video of Kimmich, like when the ball was lost against Mexico, they had to run back, and Kimmich was slower than the referee, and <laughs> and running back, and he's the right back. He should close up the gap quite fast, but yeah. And he's not a slow player by any he's stretch of not, the imagination. No, but he didn't no. get over twenty kilometers an hour. Wow, I think <laughs> I could back. even get over twenty kilometers <laughs> an hour. Maybe that's maybe. true. Uh, but yeah, so generally, like they were far away from the ideas. There was no counter pressing, at least. In the Sweden game, it got a little better, but in the other two, there was no counter pressing. There was no, um, or they didn't even decide like, do we counter press or do we fall back? Mm-hmm. Like they did half and half, and then created huge gaps that weren't closed up, and they were just so vulnerable on the on the counter. Tactically, Love looked out of his depth. I think if they would have done what he likes to do, like the position play that they they interchange, they they run deep, they they let the ball circulate quickly. That would have been fine, but the players just weren't willing or able to do this. And this is like more of the question why that wasn't the case. Was it the attitude or was it actually mm. the fitness? If it's the fitness, then there's huge questions about the, the preparation for the tournament. 
Well, that's quite interesting. And who's to blame then? <laughs> Kadira says everyone. I'm not sure that's the case. I think Love is to blame. That's the question. Like, I, I think it's very hard if the players don't have the right attitude. Then I think as a coach, you can talk and do whatever you want. It's it's quite difficult to to change that. They they have to really be into it and really want it. Uh, if it's the fitness, yeah, then definitely. Um, I think what Löw, what was weird is that he, after the first game was going so wrong, he changed players. He took out Kedira, he took out Özil, he put in some more, um, like like a clear number six with uh, with Rudi, like a mm-hmm. defensive holding midfielder. He put in um, some some. Uh, like he took out Özil, who was slowing down the game the first and the first one against Mexico. And then it worked better against Sweden. And instead of keeping with that or like keeping this process, he just took uh, out the, the players again, put in Kedira again after uh, Rudi was injured. He put in uh, Özil again in, in midfield. And the result was the same thing we saw in the first game. And mm. this is like a weird decision to me. Yeah. Will he stay? It's up to him, basically. Oh, well, it's up to him? Yeah. The, the well, he just got a four-year contract, didn't Wait, they? Like, two weeks ago. Or yeah. so. How does that work? The FA already said that uh, they want to continue with him. They, of course, want like an analysis that is, you know, in depth. Now, but I don't. I'm not sure if they actually know what to do with it. They're just gonna believe what he's gonna say, and uh, if he wants to, if he feels like he he has the the strength to go on or whatever, like the motivation to go on, mm-hmm. then he'll he'll stay. Okay, uh, it makes the decision. Just on a slightly tangential topic, it makes the decision to leave Leroy Sané at home look. Rather stupid, I would say. It doesn't look great, does it? I mean, I'm not convinced that Leroy Sané would have been the difference maker necessarily. I mean, I think I think he's a brilliant player, and um, I think the reason that he wasn't taken to the tournament was what well, he's, he's never really done that for Germany, and I'm not sure that would necessarily have changed okay. at this tournament the way things went. But but yeah, it doesn't it doesn't look great. Yeah, I just feel like his speed and his trickery could have maybe broken it down, and then yeah. relying on players like Mario Gomez, he would have been a better left winger than uh, Manuel Neuer. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> that's my favourite moment of last week, by the way. Neuer that's getting his comeuppance for that. I thought that was staggeringly arrogant to just think, well, I'm going to play midfield for the last few minutes then, let's try and get a goal. Like, I think it was just that they needed two goals. Yeah. Otherwise, he, I think the only thing he would have done it was just, you know, just like, fuck, we need two goals in yeah. three minutes. But you could see what was going to happen. Couldn't I you? liked it. It was a great <laughs> pass, by the way, from the Korean lad. I'm not yeah. sure who it was. It was Son who finished mm. it off, wasn't it? Mm. What a ball. Yeah. What a pass. Yeah. Only the second best pass of the week. <laughs> Benega with the yeah. first, oh, yes. yeah, first yeah, yeah. best pass. Anyway, we've mentioned uh, Messi already. Everybody was going crazy about the game. What seemed to get lost in all of this for me anyway was that Argentina are still an utter shambles of a team. Uh, Dan, would you like to chronicle what's going on? The, the, starting with the sort of player rebellion yeah, and the yeah. rumours that Sam Pauli was going to be sacked before the game? Yeah, well obviously there's, there's been a lot of talk about how uh, the, the team is now essentially being managed by Messi. Um Sam Pauli, like you said, there was talk he's been sacked before the game and not sure whether that was true. And um, It's interesting now they've got a second chance how they're going to approach that really because it feels like I, I thought they were out Argentina really so it's, it's interesting. But there was that great clip during the game of uh, Sam Pauli calling Messi over to the touchline and saying, do you think we should put Aguero on? And Messi's like, yeah, I think we should, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so very strange situation there. And it's disappointing because when they appointed Sam Pauli, he was supposed to be the manager who was going to, you know, mm. stick a rocket up the backsides and really get them playing and get the best yeah. out of them. And he's just, he's got no authority at all there, has he? No, not really. And there's lots of rumours of the team members actually picking the team, mm. which would explain why Mascarano was starting. <laughs> uh, and then we all saw 
pretty obvious Messi giving that halftime team talk in the tunnel. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it, it's embarrassing. Uh, Messi said afterwards, I knew God was with us and he wasn't going to leave us out. It's quite a quote. <laughs> Did anybody see this red ribbon story? Yes. No. No. You didn't see it. Maybe you could tell them. It's my. This actually might be my favorite yeah, moment yeah. of the week. Yeah, so there was a, the bit I saw. It was a journalist in the mix zone afterwards, and he after the Nigeria game, he said to Messi, "Oh, do you remember last week I gave you my mother's uh, lucky red ribbon?" And Messi said, "Yeah, actually, look at this." And he pulled his pulled his pant leg up, and he had it wrapped around his his left ankle. And the guy was like, "I, I can't. My head's gonna fall off here. Like, I, I, don't, I can't believe this." And he said, "Oh, did you score with your left foot?" He said, "No, it was my right, but uh, but it helped, you know." Honestly, I've never seen somebody happier in my life yeah. than this journalist. What I'd, a brilliant thing to do for Messi, that really. I, that he yeah. even remembered it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I urge anybody to go out there and find this video. It's on one football's Instagram account. Mm. Go look at it. It's absolutely brilliant. Uh, why wasn't Ava Benega starting from the start? Uh, Can I think anybody if, answer this? I mean, <laughs> if you looked at the word mercurial in the dictionary, there'd be a picture of Ava Benega. <laughs> okay, this player is blown hot and cold throughout his career. When yeah. he's good, he's very good. When he's bad, he's very bad. And he was he had a good game against Nigeria, and I think he'll keep his place against France. But um, but yeah, I can I can understand why he's not uh, one of the first names on the team sheet. Okay, he has the stats. People tell me as many accurate through balls in that one half of football as any other player in the World Cup has managed in total. Di Maria, Gonzalo, Higuain, will they start against France? I mean, I'm not sure Higuain really did enough to keep his place in that Nigeria game. I mean, I, I don't understand. I mean, I do understand why Sergio Aguero has been dropped because he was quite publicly critical of San Paoli after the, the second game. Um, but he's, you know, one of only three players to have scored for Argentina at this tournament now mm. and probably the best striker they've got, I would say. I can't understand why Dybala isn't getting anywhere near the, oh, yeah. the team. He that, doesn't trust him at all. Baffles me. I, I think know, he's I a think wonderful player. This might be as well because what I heard, I think Dybala say or Messi say that they kind of play in the same spaces yeah. and get into each other's ways. So if Messi is actually managing the team, then mm. this might be the reason. Why <laughs> there, there, there are there are a couple of rumors that neither of them get along. Yeah. And if you're not getting along with Messi, then best of luck to you trying to get into that team. Uh, they of course play France on Saturday, Roman. Yes. Wow. <laughs> This is this is, this is the tie. <laughs> this is the tie of the round of sixteen for me. I think this could be brilliant. I mean, we we are not happy about the fact that, that we play Argentina. Obviously, it's going to be a difficult game. But in France, we think that finally the World Cup is starting for us because we had three games against Peru, Denmark, and Australia. I mean, it was nice, but nothing uh, really exciting. Mm-hmm. And now we will really know if we are a good team or not a good team because nobody can answer this question now. Well, if we had to put the question to you. Are they a good team? Are they a bad team? I think against Argentina it will be enough because Argentina is not a, a complete side. They have a lot of lacks, especially in the midfield and in the back. Mm-hmm. So I think it should be enough. Okay. But then if we have to play Uruguay or Portugal and then Brazil, it will be difficult. Are you worried about the form of Antoine Griezmann? I know he said he's not. He said at the Euros, yeah, I was rubbish in the group stages and then I got better, but... At the beginning of the tournament, I was a bit uh, worried about his fitness because he didn't seem able to do any pressing and it's one of his strengths mm-hmm. and he didn't seem able to, to run a lot. But I think it was better in the last game. So maybe it would be like the Euro 2016. He would uh, be better and better after each game. So they'll be, they'll be feeling pretty confident about facing Argentina. I'm not confident. I mean, it's I mean not the smile on your face tells me that that's confidence. We just don't want to say it. <laughs> no, it's not confidence. It's just the the joy of having a real first game for France against Messi. Okay, uh, how is? I mean, is Deschamps going to 
what's he, how's he going to line up the team? Any sort of interesting... Apparently, it will be more or less the same as against Peru, where we did our, our best game, especially in the first 45 minutes. So the main thing is uh, Pogba and Kante together in the midfield. And I think against Mascherano, it should be a, <laughs> a good one. Should be easy enough. I mean, I think three of uh, any of us could play against Mascherano and still come out on top <laughs> Probably. of the moment. And the other thing is, uh, normally it would be Matuidi on the left side. But uh, if he's a bit... Uh, Courageous, maybe uh, Deschamps can put Mbappé on the left side because against Mercado, it should be also an easy fight to, to win. Ooh. So we'll see. So no Matuidi, but maybe Mbappé on the left. <laughs> Hopefully. Okay, uh, this, let's get a prediction all around for this one because this, this is, I think, this, the star of the show. Dan? I think France will win on penalties. Oh, you're going what? to penalties? Yeah. No. No, no. <laughs> no, no, all the way through. I don't think Roman will be able to take that. Uh, Helge? I think it's a clear victory for France because, yeah, it's just the defense of, of, of Argentina is not in a shape to, to defend against those strikers. Okay. 3-1. Free Free to Argentina? No, to France. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to go on the record and say, and I apologize, Roman, but I think Argentina are going to do it. Something, How? Something tells me that Messi is going to pull it out of the bag. He will get destroyed by uh, Conte and uh, Lucas Hernandez. It will be a box he cannot go Is out. Lucas Hernandez fit for the game? Yeah, apparently it will yeah, be okay. Okay, so, very good. Important. Uh, so we did, um, <clears throat> we got an email of complaint, unfortunately, from one of our colleagues, Morgan Rousman. Says, Morgan, uh, I'm a diligent listener of your podcast, tuning into your sweet voices every week. I think that's to you, Roman. That's not to me or Dan. Okay. Uh, I, however, I have to say I'm a little surprised that we haven't heard more from you guys about Belgium. They surely are serious contenders for the title. Hope to hear your take on the statement since I think we can actually win this. Roman, what do you think? I mean, I'm not, I'm not really surprised by this kind of mail because uh, okay. I, live, I, li I used to live near Belgium and it's been like more than 10 years that we are listening about this golden generation of uh, mm. Belgian football, even when Feilaini and Witzel were playing in Standard and accompanying Anderlecht. So finally, they seem to have a chance to do something. Uh, obviously, the group was quite weak. Uh, Any group, not, I think not, speaking about, not speaking about <laughs> England, but the, the two other teams. So we still need to see. Uh, offensively, they are really impressive, and I think this would not change uh, with the other opponents. But then on the sides, I think it, they might be quite weak. Carrasco on the left is not a real defender, and nothing is backing him. And then Meunier is a good uh, counter-attacker, but also not a great defender. But so. There might be some weakness on this side. I always thought Roberto Martinez would be their weakness. Hmm. I think that uh, if you compare to Germany, maybe uh, the coach don't make such difference. But maybe in Belgium, they have a bit more uh, leaders in their teams now. I think Hazard is a real leader. De Bruyne, Mertens, Company if he's not playing, everybody's Court, listening Courtois. to him. Courtois also. Lukaku mm. as well. So I think it really makes a difference. Mm. I'm surprised we didn't get any complaints about your team of the tournament. Not yet, so not far. Yet. Uh, Lukaku made it, but Ronaldo didn't. Yeah, well, I, I I caught some heat on Twitter from some Messi fanboys recently for for sort of humorous piece that I wrote about um, Ronaldo and Messi. So I thought I'd redress the balance by taking Ronaldo out of the team of the tournament. Should have put <laughs> Messi in there just to just yeah, yeah just just to really. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
how far can they go, Roman? That's what I want to know. They have they have Japan. Yes, they have Japan, and then they probably play Brazil, Brazil. in the next. In okay, the so, they're, so they're going out in the quarterfinals. Ah, there. not sure. I think it might be the best game of the World Cup if they play against Brazil. Belgium, Brazil. Yeah. Well, okay, but would we back Belgium to? To Japan, I would think so. Yeah, yeah man. Belgium, to me, just uh, what I like is they are able to do both, kind of like sit back and counter because they really have the fast players to do mm-hmm. this and the passing abilities of De Bruyne out of the deeper midfield. Plus, they can do a possession play as well. And they, when Carrasco moves up and and they have all the strikers up front, and they, they can do both, which is really nice. Mm-hmm. I think. Made a surprising discovery about Belgium last night. Adnan Yanezai still plays for them. <laughs> Didn't know that. He might still be the next George Best after all. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I want to talk a little bit about Croatia. I would love Croatia to win this. Low-key favourites. Am I going too far? I don't think so. They've been one of the most impressive teams so far, haven't they? I think they've been the best team so far. Probably, yeah. Yeah, but a bit like in the Euro 2016, their two first games were amazing and then they just failed. So we have to see also against... uh, a bit uh, bigger teams. Who do they have in the next round again? Mm, I don't know. Denmark. Denmark. Oh, they'll beat yeah. Denmark. That's easy. It's probably yeah. Uh, even though Denmark is kind of it's, it's an ugly team to play against. You know, they they really defend tight, yeah. like with a with a four one four one. I think really really difficult to play against them. Mm-hmm. But the one of the other games, Portugal versus Uruguay. Portugal got through by the skin of their teeth. Play uh, Uruguay obviously on Saturday. Is this one that we could get excited about? <laughs> I don't know. I saw someone on Twitter sum this up brilliantly the other day. I can't remember who it was, unfortunately, but they said um, Portugal v Uruguay is the Portugal of South America versus the Uruguay of Europe. I don't think we need to say much more than that. No, okay, no, very good. It was very funny yesterday. I had a friend who, who looked at the games. He was like, just like, oh, nice. This is like Portugal against Uruguay. And then he thought a little bit. It's like, Actually, not nice, but at least we don't know who's going to win it. Yeah. You know, that's kind of summing it up as well. Uh, Roman, you wanted to talk about Switzerland and the Kosovo incident, which yes. is your field of expertise. Not really, but... Well, you lived there. It was interesting for me. Yeah. Uh, anyway, just to remind people what happened, it was uh, Shakiri. Yes, uh, Shakiri and Jaka. Uh, so they both scored against, uh, against Serbia. So their families from Kosovo. Um, which was which used to be a part of Yugoslavia and then uh, uh, unilaterally uh, became independent. So Serbia is still uh, claiming this land. Uh, and they did the uh, sign of uh, the Albanian ego after they scored the goal. So for the Serbian, it's like a provocation. Um, from my point of view, it's more like people who want to say that they belong to somewhere and not really a provocation first. Uh, so I think it's kind of sad because uh, now in the game they want to destroy a bit all the emotions of everyone you cannot do any sign you cannot do anything mm. so I think it's uh, this is one point and the second point also is about uh, how the how football is changing also with the world because uh, 20 years ago 30 years ago Switzerland there were only Swiss players let's say and now with all the um, immigration from mm. Yugoslavia and this kind of thing you can see also that the style of uh, Switzerland is a bit changing and I mean it's the same for for France or for other teams, uh, what used to be the kind of style of play of these countries 20, 30 years ago, they really changed mm. thanks to immigration. So. I think it's lovely to see. Yeah, really nice when you see the when you see the Swedish team sheet and it's mixed with all the name of the yeah, immigrants so. and all the sort of more traditional Swedish names and the football they play is nice too. Yeah. Who was it that scored the winning goal in the two one, the late one? Was it oh, Shakiri? Shakiri, yeah, yeah. 
when he took off off his top, yeah. I thought there's hope for all of us. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, moving on to England against Colombia. Did you see the back pages of the English newspapers today? No. Well, they pretty much have decided that losing to Belgium was the best thing that's ever happened to the country. Mm. And they've got an easy route to the final now. Well, I don't know about easy, but I don't really well, look, he's see going with it. why England shouldn't be getting to the semi-final now, really. if <sighs> I, th- I think they'll beat Colombia, personally. And then you say Sweden or Switzerland in the quarter-final. They should be beating those. I'm not saying they will, but it's a bit more... I I think it it was advantageous to finish second in that group because I wouldn't fancy England against Brazil in the quarterfinal if they got that far. Right of reply to anybody (laughs) here. I am stunned by Dan Burke. I think it's definitely the harder of the best of 16 like Japan has not been like they've been really good in the in the second game, but otherwise not really impressive. But as you say, like Brazil definitely is then going to be the tougher opponent in, instead of Sweden or Switzerland. Um, Colombia, I don't think it's going to be that easy. You've watched quite a bit of Colombia. Yeah, I did. Like, more than you have of Germany. <laughs> That's what I said. <laughs> what you were telling me. Yeah. So for those out there who are not so uh, familiar with the team, what is it that England can expect? Um... Colombia is very much happy to, uh, not necessarily happy, but they they're not as good when they have possession. They they have some troubles opening up the games then and and actually be creative. They they just rely a lot on on James and on the dribblings uh, of the dribbles of um, Cuadrado. Um, but they're really really happy when they have space and when they can counter attack when they when they find these openings and they can really rely on the speed of their players. You saw that against Poland, for example, mm-hmm. after the one zero, yeah. they opened up a little bit. They they l- created those spaces for them and then they can be really really lethal. Oh yeah, they look extremely dangerous after that. Yeah, yeah, so that's why I think actually for Colombia it's better to play against England than against uh, Belgium because I think Belgium is more happy to sit back and England is more the active team. Um, so. Not saying that Colombia has like is the favor or anything. I'm just saying it's like it suits them a little better. That's why I think it's going to be a very difficult game for England as well. Um, James obviously is a key player for them. Doesn't look good for him playing right now because he's the second time that he was not um, not able to to finish a game or start like start the game. Mm-hmm. Um, so otherwise they they were on Quintero as the the number ten and for the set pieces. Um, what is really important for them, which has been a development as well during the tournament, is that Uribe has been coming on and he is a good connection or like the connection between defense and, and the attack. Like he's the one that they try to pass the ball to and then he opens up the, the game for mm-hmm. for James and, and the others. Um, what I like about Colombia is that they are able to win games when even when they're not playing well. They, they, they had big problems against Senegal who... who Kind of took advantage of them not being, of them letting them have the ball, letting them have the possession, not attacking the defenders, but actually just blocking their passing routes. And so they didn't really know how to open up, had to play long balls. But then in the end, they, uh, they managed through a set piece again, which Mina just scored wonderfully. But this is the thing: like that even when they don't play well, they they managed to 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 win. Even against Poland, it wasn't that awesome at first, but then. They score that goal and then mm-hmm. seize their chance. What I like most about Colombia is that they always have some sort of ridiculous incident in them in every game. <laughs> it was the red card in the first game. There was something else. I can't quite remember now. Uh, so England, Colombia, you're you're going to go with a Colombia win. 
I hope so. <laughs> it's just I have got a connection to the country, to okay. my girlfriend and all of this. So I'm I'm really rooting for them. I think you have a Colombia jersey. I do. <laughs> no, but I, I really hope they they're gonna win it. But it's definitely gonna be a tough tough game for them. But as I said, I think England is the the team that suits them more in comparison to Belgium. Okay. Dan, you're going with an England win. I mean, yeah. you're going with England winning the World Cup. <laughs> I mean, if, if anyone could cock it up, then England, it'll be England who'll, who'll do it. But um, I think Southgate was smart against Belgium as well. He made eight changes to his team um, with John Stones coming off at half-time as well. So those players will be fresh and that result can just be written off against Belgium really as well. We made eight changes, so yeah. it doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I fancy him. Roman, Colombia or England? Colombia. Uh, the group stages are done and dusted, so it's time to sort of do a nice little recap. We'll start with uh, favourite goal so far. Anybody want to kick off on this one? I think Ricardo Caresma against Iran oh. was the one that really got me out of my seat. Because he has no right to score that goal, really. He's not that good. Like yeah. he's, a, he's a show pony, isn't he? Mm-hmm. But that's what he did. Yeah, yeah show pony goal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I always think that the outside of the boot finishes are sort of like the supermodel mm. of goals. You know, really beautiful to look mm. at. But uh, yeah, that's I don't know where I'm going with that. Uh, favorite goal so far? Uh, Lingard against uh, Panama. Yeah. Wow! When he passed the ball with uh, Rashford, I think, and then uh, put it in the opponent it was really impressive yeah yeah. I like Jesse Lingard it was Sterling by the way that oh, sorry, it. <laughs> sorry. Okay. I, I don't like Jesse Lingard but he's war- I'm, I'm warming to him okay yeah. well you're a Manchester City of course fan, yeah. that makes sense Helga your favourite goal so far uh, would have gone with Kroos if that would have meant anything in the end because it <laughs> oh, was a really yeah. nice goal just out of that position uh, otherwise maybe Aspas I think was for for Spain wasn't it like the heel the back heel oh goal? yeah that was against really nice uh, well. Morocco yeah mm. quite good Okay, very nice. And messy one didn't come up, but I've nominated it already, so that's okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, your biggest surprise of the tournament for you? Uh, Mexico, probably. Mm. Yeah, I thought they were going to absolutely tank, especially after there was that scandal before of the uh, you know the alleged party with thirty prostitutes <laughs> and all that sort of thing. Yeah. So, Bonded yeah, them. to see them in the uh, the knockout round is quite quite a shock for me. For me, it's Iran. I think uh, it's, it was quite impressive what they, with what they did. I told you Iran were going to be good. Yeah, Listen to true, me in the true. future. They don't have like big players, but they were confident. They knew how to play and uh, they almost went through against uh, Spain and Portugal. So it was impressive. And got an amazing welcome home. Did you see the, yeah. the photos yeah. and the videos? Really nice. Yeah, really impressive. Helga? Uh, negatively, Germany, of course. Dropping yeah. out, that was not expected to anyone, I think. No. Uh, and then positively, well, just that they made it to the next round for me was Japan. We didn't see them go through in their group. Like they obviously kind of were helped by the red card in the first yes. game, but otherwise, it's not like that they played good football. But they managed to go through mm-hmm. in the end, which was quite surprising to me. Biggest disappointment. It's got to be Senegal and the no. way they went out. Mm. That was rubbish. Yeah, that was bad. Roman. I mean, for me, it's more Poland. Because everybody expected Poland to go through in this uh, in this group, maybe even first, and then uh, nothing happened in this team. Lewandowski was a shadow of himself. I think the loss of Glick before the World yeah. Cup, because he just played the third game, it was really a big loss. But yeah, it was really disappointing the way they played and then the results. Has to be Germany for me. I mean, I thought they would win the whole thing. Um, did you nominate them to win it? Yeah. I did. Yeah, okay. I thought they were. So you said that Germany and England would win. 
No, I never said England uh, would win. Okay. I'm saying that now. Before the tournament, <laughs> I said Germany would win. But, and, uh, I mean, that, that game against, just to go back quickly to that game against South Korea, I couldn't believe the lack of tempo in that game. It was really frustrating. It was like walking football or something. Yeah. It was like there was just no urg- urgency at all. And I watched it like a big public viewing with thousands of Germans, and no one seemed to be that animated by what was going on. It was just like a resignation to it. it was, I think it was assumed that they would just win. Yeah. Dangerous way to go into a game. Germany, rain is your di- biggest disappointment? Definitely, yeah. Yeah. Like, this was... As I said, like, I think it's like, the attitude was just appalling as well. Like, I, I compared it to this... Kind of like the the when there's a the son of the owner of a company and then he comes in, you know, gets hired by his dad and then he just walks around like he deserved, you know, the mm. what happened in the past and that he achieved mm-hmm. that kind of... Like, uh, that, that, that's how the new players seem to me, and then the old ones just kind of resting on their on their past achievements as well. Yeah. Okay, and finally, we're well, we're in the round of sixteen. Who's who do we want to win it from here? But who will win it from here? That's the question, Roman. I want France, obviously, <laughs> but I think Croatia could win it. <gasps> That's what I wanted to hear. Yes, <laughs> Dan. I want England to win it, and football is coming home. Oh, God. <laughs> Helga, you have the last word. Uh, as I said, I want Colombia to win it. Don't think they will, but I hope, I hope they will. Um, and I Who think will win it? I'm still going with Brazil. I said so from the start, so I'm, I'm keeping with it. Okay. That's all from us today. My thanks to Dan Helga, Roman, and producer Damo. We'll be back on Wednesday if producer Damo lets us in, where we'll, uh, we'll have a look at the round of 16 and talk about all that's coming up for the quarterfinals. Uh, thanks for listening. <laughs>